Uh, you know what? I just, uh, I've just realised now I actively dislike a lot of you. <laughs> and let's have a good episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Birds of Prey. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And just like Birds of Prey, we are mayhem at its finest. Or should that be, we are mayhem at its tightest. I don't know. Seriously, though, if you've never heard the show before, then hold on to your egg butties, because we're about to take you on an abandoned amusement park ride. <laughs> Essentially, this very niche. You've got to have seen the film, otherwise you don't know what the fucking talking I about. I liked it. And know the Liverpool vernacular for a sandwich, which is butties. <laughs> uh, essentially, uh, we take a film, we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's also a whole host of other shenanigans to keep you entertained, including a caption contest, a quiz, some impressions, xylophone playing, sound effects, and a whole lot of banter. So do stick around. This week's film on trial, as we said before, is the superhero caper, Birds of Prey. Is it Harley Quinn or is it Hardly In? (laughs) Essentially, what I'm trying to say, is it decent or not? Yes. (laughs) Hopefully we're going to find that out. Just to say that this will be a very spoilerific episode, so if you haven't seen Birds of Prey yet, it's still on at the cinema, so you can go and watch it and then come back and listen to this, or perhaps you're using this podcast to gauge whether you should go and watch it, in which case you're just going to have to trust us. Just trust us, calm down, relax, it's going to be fine. Alternatively, you can fast forward to our quiz this week brought to us by Alex. I meant to say before, have you remembered to do it? Yes. That's great. (laughs) We reckon that'll start around the 40-minute mark. We don't know. Austin will hopefully leave a comment. Anyway, before we go on, our last film on trial was the... To say it's not the, it's just Reanimator. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but well, that, that sums <laughs> up the heard. film for you. Yeah. <laughs> that it sums it up perfectly. Uh, Dave, you judged that trial and mm-hmm. you deemed that Reanimator should be placed on the hit list. You've since gone away and watched it again. Did, Did you, you make the right call? Did you have to watch it again, actually? You, you literally <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I was ready to uh, to wade in on that argument, but then um, we lost our judge, so I had to step in. So I did not watch it again, but you know what? I I believe I've made the right call. I think when Gav defended it, you know, the points were made, concessions were made, quite crucially. It, it's not a great film, but to those who like the genre, for those who like, you know, adaptations of Lovecraft, for those who like Jeffrey Coombs, this is the film for you. And uh, I think it's it's got a good fan base, and that says a lot about it. Very well summed up, Dave. Although I didn't make any concessions. <laughs> I seem to remember saying it was a brilliant well, film. Well, you, you should have done. <laughs> uh, well, before we go on to the bulk of the show, I think we, uh, we're just going to try something new out uh, this week. It's a little bit, I, w- I will say new, it's pretty much like a carbon copy of Film Feels, if you ever listened to those episodes. <laughs> but we're just going to have a little light discussion uh, about something that relates to the film that we're going to talk about. And I think... Because this is part of the DCEU, Joel, you are um, shit hot when it comes to that, that sort of stuff and you had a question that you wanted to ask us, did you not? Um, well, you, you're quite wrong, to be honest, I'm not shit hot, I'm just shit. Sorry, hot shit. I'm hot shit, yeah. Uh, so uh, we got to see a little sneak preview of Robert Pattinson in his, in his bat suit the other day. It was very, very dark and, um, you know, you couldn't make much out. But I just thought it would be a nice little discussion topic to say what people, you know, thought was going to happen with the Batman. Is it going to be good? Is it going to continue to be pretty terrible? Um, You know, what's everyone's feelings on it? I think it could be all right. I quite like Robert Pattinson, to be honest. I think he's had a hard 
time of things. Life. I, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it looks like that. <laughs> I, I would, have you watched The King? You know, the, the one about, um, I think it's Henry V on Netflix. Oh, no. I've heard Rob, he's the worst thing. Robert in. Patterson is, no, he's not the He's like the worst thing I've seen in a really long time. <laughs> oh, he, he, does, really? he does genuinely just the most hilarious French accent where at first you're just like, he can't be really doing that. Like, he can't be serious <laughs> that that's his, like, it's literally like, oh, I am a French prince. It, oh, it's, really? It's like the guy, the, the, the candlestick out of uh, The Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> 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 and, uh, yeah, that was his only reference. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's lucky that Batman isn't French. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. But but that's that's sort of coloured my judgment of Robert Patterson. And, Did and he get thing. his penis out there? Um, no, he didn't actually. Oh, well, no, uh, no. Not, not even a redeeming factor about him. <laughs> no, don't. But I, I did watch him in Good. Was it Good Time? Was he? Does he get his penis out in that? He didn't. Again, I mean, like, <laughs> has he got his penis out in anything? No. Why bothering Robert? What Gav's referring to is the comic scene where Bruce, you see Bruce Wayne's dong. No, right. although that's what I'm hoping for from Batman. <laughs> if there's one takeaway, Matt Reeves has paid attention over the past few months. You should know the fans are clambering to see Batman's dung. <laughs> I feel like this subject matter has gone. Yeah, we went a bit. We went a bit awry. Yeah. <laughs> almost, anyway, almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I read something shortly after the little trailer was released, and it's basically a close up of the suit, isn't it? But it's very. But it's not poorly lit. It's like um, it's in, like, in, in a red not, light. Not giving too much away. Yeah. <laughs> so it starts off like uh, looking at his breastplate and the Batman sign. It looks like it's like quite. Um, it's made out of metal. And on closer inspection, like an article I was reading saying that it looks like it's two pieces of a gun. And you know, there's theories of like, oh, well, you know, like is it maybe the gun that killed his parents? Is he got that and broken it in half and he's used that in his suit? Is it maybe the gun that killed? Um, the original Robin, you know. So, I mean, what, what are your thoughts about that? You'd have to be sick to do that, I think. <laughs> or bored. To wear the gun. Yeah. That man he's... that dresses up as a flying bat, he can't be right in the head if he's doing stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he just ran out of, like, woodworking projects and he was like, oh, I've got that gun lying around, I'll do something with that. <laughs> does he never. actually make his own suit? I don't know enough about Batman to say Isn't it, does. Isn't it Morgan Freeman? Is, is, is Morgan Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even in just... Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Because Morgan Freeman has been around. Full start, Morgan Freeman. Uh, Lucius Fox, Fox makes that suit. Yeah, yeah. Because he just pays his company to make like a fortune. Like somehow, how how does he get away with this anyway? Like this he's guy. A, he's a billionaire, isn't he? He's a billionaire. Yeah, but and those billionaires can do whatever they want. It's, it's, it's a, a slide, massive it, tax dodge for Wayne Enterprises. He's got a slide <laughs> in his living room. You'd never find him. Yeah, I think it should be all right. I mean, the film itself, apparently they're going back to, well, we'll say back to sort of like the detective roots from the very first comics that he appeared in because one of his nicknames is the world's greatest detective but we haven't really seen that much of that in the films we've just seen him as like a sort of martial artist I thought he was just like a guy who goes out and beats up criminals well you don't know enough about Batman well this is what I'm saying I'm just hoping it's not I can't take another origin story and especially not another Batman no I've seen it in so many different ways I get it everyone knows you know parents boom boom you know, fight life, life a crime, let's get on. Do you know what I mean? Let's just move on with the Batman thing. Like, I mean, who needs, don't need to see who that needs an origin again? story after that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very well summarised. Um, yeah, no, I don't think it's going to be one. I think it's going to be more of a film noir 
Um, and you know Colin Farrell's going to be in it as a film noir with Uh, (laughs) wearing her underpants over there (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyway mate uh, I think we should quickly move on Uh, Joel uh, thank you very much for that Um, so where are we on to now we're on to the bulk of the show aren't we we are are on to the bulk of the show so this week's film as I mentioned before is Birds of Prey hang on (laughs) (laughs) Oh. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah, thanks. Uh, that's the Birdie song, if nobody knows what that is. Um, and if you've never heard that before, I think the best time to listen to it would be to um, um, unveil it uh, in a crowd of about 50 odd year old women. Um, just play it as a surprise. There will be a frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> the birdie song everybody everybody of a certain age knows that dance or whatever it comes on it's almost like just go for it, it. No, it's, it's, it's just like a weird like sort of zombie effect where everybody just shuts it. down mentally and just, just <laughs> it's like the macarena for 90s kids exactly. it's absolutely mad it's just to see it people just like just stop what they're doing to do that dance anyway um right okay so this film wasn't recommended to us by anybody, but it was in fact chosen by us here at Film Central as we try to stay as relevant as possible by picking a current film. However, all of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So in defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be Joel and Dave. Now, Joel is a little bit like Jared Leto's Joker. People... Oh, fuck you <laughs> <laughs> uh, People really dislike him. And if we could write him out of this, we would. <laughs> And Dave is just like Donna Lee's doc. On the surface, he's a really nice and supportive guy, but there's one thing he likes more than renovating his home, and that's throwing his friends under a bus. <laughs> and I mean that both metaphorically and literally. Uh, and acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be me and Ozzy. Now, Ozzy is just like Batman. He dresses all in black, spends ridiculous sums of money upgrading his suits, and he smells like he lives in a cave. <laughs> And I'm just like you, McGregor's Roman Sionis. I have a short fuse. I dress like a dodgy secondhand car salesman. And I, I, I always get my bum out as well, I should say. Uh, and I have very dry hands, um, which I imagine he suffers from as well because he's always wearing gloves. It's <laughs> a very tenuous link. I also feel, I feel like you softball your own insults. Do you know what I mean? I oh, I've got dry hands. I literally said I look like I dressed like a second-hand car salesman oh, and I have a short fuse. And also, there's a scene in it where you see his bathroom. He's got a big tub of pseudo creme. So <laughs> uh, now, just like real court advocates, will be making the best case for our roles. These may or may not be our real opinions, though. So stay tuned till the end of the episode to hear our genuine thoughts which means this week, Alex has the most important role, as he will be playing the judge. And Alex is just like Chris Messina's Victor Zaz. He's very loyal, and he has a little cut on his head. (laughs) 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 Sorry, Alex. Uh, Now, Alex must decide which uh, which list this film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to him, and not using his own opinion. So before we get started, I think we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is about. So I think we should spin the wheel of impressions. Now here we read out the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. This week it has landed on me. So how would you like me to read out the synopsis in the style of well, uh, Harley, shall we? Yeah, how's your Harley? Um, I mean, um, not, not good. Um, <laughs> it's like a cross between Tweety Pie and Deep So. <laughs> it's Bronx, isn't it? Yeah, Bronx. Yeah, so it's like yeah. whiny okay. Bronx, isn't it? Uh, um, ah, after splitting with the G 
Joker, Harley Quinn joins superheroes Black Canary, Huntress, and Rene Montoyo to save a girl from an evil crime lord. Well, you've clearly been to New York. <laughs> no, no, bad at all, guys. <laughs> right, uh, without further hesitation, Alex, can you please kick off proceedings? Yes, uh, I haven't seen this yet. I'm interested. Can you convince me that I should go and see it? Um, like the, my main hang up with watching this film is it's linked to Suicide Squad, and I feel like any film that is linked in you know even the most tenuous way to Suicide Squad instantly goes down a notch or two. So you know what's the what you know is this following on from the events of Suicide Squad? Does it mm-hmm. does it still you know where does the story start? I'm going to go with the defense, Dave. <clears throat> yep, I'll feel that one. Yes, it does. It pretty much follows on not long after the culmination of events of Suicide Squad. I mean, it's still Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. We knew it was going to be followed on in some way. Um, but I've got to say, this film is ten times the film that Suicide Squad was. Ten it times not doesn't mean it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You need to better than that, Dave. But I've got to say, it's, it's, been, it's had mediocre openings at the box office, and I do think that is because people have that same perception. They, they hated Suicide Squad. It was not well received. It was an f- incredibly poor film. Um, so rightfully so, people have stayed away a bit from this one. They needn't bother. They needn't be so afraid of it. They should go see it. This is actually a much better rendition of of the Harley Quinn story, and it does pick up not long after um, she's like evaded the Suicide Squad. Now that that is in the past, and she breaks up with the Joker at the start of the film. We do not see the Joker. Jared Leto is omitted <laughs> from this film in its entirety, which I think is a blessing for anyone who's a fan of the Batman saga. Um, and it's basically following Harley Quinn as she goes around uh, Gotham, basically just trying to get her life back together, as it were. And this story kind of unravels. You meet uh, the villain of the piece is Roman Sionis, a.k.a. Black Mask, who is a fairly well-established Batman villain, I have to say. He's not maybe the main canon that you might have seen in the Adam West films, but uh, the Black Mask is a big, big deal. You know, this is one that comic book uh, fans have wanted to see portrayed on screen for a while, and you got Hugh McGregor as him here. And he decent performance, we'll get onto that later. But it's basically, it, it involves the underworld of Gotham as she's trying to avoid various mobsters and what have you, and uh, basically it all follows like a stolen diamond and a loose sort of uh, intrinsic plot. But um, So like a heist movie sort of? Not as such, no, more recovering stolen property. It's like uh, Snatch, but at Halloween. Yeah, like a little bit like Snatch. Snatch. Wow. But, uh, it's very confusing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not really, it's actually a relatively straightforward plot. Okay. Yeah, it is, if, if anything, too straightforward. Uh, I I just think that you're never, ever going to be able to get away from Suicide Squad. Like, it is essentially like Suicide Squad light. Like, the presence of Jared Leto's Joker haunts the film like a stale fart. You know, you just can't <laughs> can't get away from it. Uh, they tried to cut him out, but obviously they can't cut him out because, you know, the film's about the emancipation of Harley Quinn. So it's all about her separating from the Joker. So there's a kind of very elaborate animation sequence at the beginning where she's talking about breaking up with the Joker and how they, you know, got together in the first place in their whirlwind romance. And then there's a couple of scenes later on where you just see the back of somebody's head or, you know, like a figure in the shadows and that's supposed to be the Joker. Now, obviously, you can't not have the Joker in the film because it's all about her breaking free and leaving the Joker, so he needs to be in there. However, they want to distance themselves so much from the Suicide Squad and distance themselves from Jared Leto's Joker because it wasn't very well received at all. So it's a very, very hard juggling act that I just don't think they do very well because they keep on referencing him. You know, you can't get away from him, so you're constantly reminded about that film and about that Joker. And... 
as Dave said, you know, they, they had opportunities within this film to make it a standalone, to make it really, you know, new and interesting. And Dave mentioned about bringing Black Mask to it, which we're going to talk about in more detail. I still think Batman fans are going to be waiting a long time to see a decent portrayal of Black Mask, but I'll go into more detail about that later. Okay, Joel, did it? were you thinking about Suicide Squad all the way through this film? Um, I wasn't particularly, and you know how much I hated it. Mm. I seem to remember, even when it was my job to defend it, I actually joined in the prosecution <laughs> at one point. Uh, but Gavin's right, you know, at the start, there is a lot of stuff about the Joker, and it is about her split from the Joker, but that is just the start. Once the film gets going, it's not about that anymore. It's about Harley Quinn kind of finding her own way after the event. You know, she there's basically this scene where she overhears... I don't know, I think they're meant to be our friends and they basically, you know, say, oh, she's just, you know, she's very dependent on the Joker and she's just going to run back to him the first chance she gets, basically. And she hears that and then that kind of is the catalyst, if you like, into her saying, well, actually, you know, I've got to be my own person here, my own woman, whatever. And she goes off and she does her own thing. And basically the film is about when she detaches herself from the Joker, like the people in Gotham or like the gangsters or whatever, she basically becomes kind of free gain, if you like, because she's not attached to the Joker anymore. So there's no fear of, you know, any consequences if they attack her or, you know, come after her. And it's basically like this whole thing of the amount of people that she's done wrong against, you know, it'll it'll show like one person and then it'll cut to like a, you know, like a still and it'll say like, oh, this is all the shit I've done wrong against this person and this is why he's after me and that type of thing. Uh, So it's, it's, it does, I would say, completely detach itself from Suicide Squad uh, pretty much within the kind of first five or ten minutes. And while I agree with Gav that it would have been nice to have like some sort of Joker in there um, or at least, you know, maybe kind of, you know, you did feel like there did need to be something. Um, you know, it is only for that short period of time and you, you get over that, I would say, quite quickly. All right, Ozzy. I never seen Suicide Squad, thankfully, and I still thought this was shit. It was just, <laughs> Hang on, and it's exactly what Joel was saying. When you one of one of us, like when we were defending and prosecuting it, I wasn't there. I was in Japan, I think. Oh, all, right. I, all I had to do is edit the. Yeah, so um, y- y- so so I didn't have to deal with that and have the setup or any comparison to go with this. But the thing with it is, and I remember from the arguments is. Is there's too much setup? There's, again, there's too many characters that are laced in this, so you have to have and and too much story to fit into quite a short film. You know, uh, it it could have been larger than life because she's you know one of the the most famous uh, DC characters and probably one of the most famous uh, female comic book characters, and and is larger than life. You know, what I mean, it's like so she, she it could be way over the top, and it's quite boring storyline for what's essentially a much larger than life character and then and they've tried to borrow so much from very successful films so just from the off it's basically like watching a female deadpool with the like the whole breaking the fourth wall vibe and and talking to the to us the the audience but then it does this throwback to uh, you know every time you meet a new character that intro they just do it in a different way to the way suicide squad did it's, uh, it's it's a bit tedious. There's lots of references to famous, uh, very successful films. So there's and you can see all of the all of the references, all of the um, everything that they're they're trying to draw from that's been successful. So like Kill Bill, there's there's almost like exact scenes stolen from Kill Bill, 
where so there's a period where she she can't walk you know she's got to recover herself there's a period like it's almost a straight scene for scene remake of the car bit where she breaks the fourth wall the same as in kill bill and then um and then there's a lot of deadpool type references and then they also one bit was quite good as they, they tried to do is they got the guy in from uh john wick the stunt choreographer to try and boost that up but then they just didn't give any of the actors enough time to become keanu reeves you know what i mean to like <laughs> to actually be good at doing fighting right so so th- but they've just basically dragged in people who have made very successful films and robbed scenes from very successful a bit films of a mashup of, of stuff that works yeah dave you seem upset oh, no, i'm not upset i'm just in, I'm, I'm just happy to be here <laughs> put the knife down then <laughs> no i just want to say i see where ozzy's coming from that there is um a lot recycled from suicide squad insofar as how characters are introduced you know that their name will flash up animated behind them you know it's all kind of superimposed you get introduced to the character and the thing is th- what the director has cleverly done is they've kept line kind of that style that Suicide Squad had, while at the same time taking a massive step back away from it because it wasn't well-received and no one's under any illusion that it was. One of the few things about Suicide Squad that got some praise was Margot Robbie's portrayal of Harley Quinn, which is the first time we've seen her on the big screen. And you know what? I think Margot Robbie did a great job in Suicide Squad. She does a great job now. If anyone deserved to have a spin-off after that, it was her. And I'm pleased that they finally did and finally gave some justice to the character, gave her a decent script to which to explore. So it's kept the style and some of the stylistic elements of Suicide Squad, even though they have changed director now, um, which I think had to be done so it all does flow together. You can't write it off altogether, but it has gone down its own path, as Margot Robbie, as Harley Quinn does in the film. It goes down its own route now. And yeah, I think it just it, it worked really well, I thought. I thought they did a really good style. Uh, same with the soundtrack the soundtrack is against a jukebox soundtrack so it's not something that they've necessarily put together themselves like Suicide Squad but it just works better the the artists they've picked it works the songs that they've chosen it's it, a bit more thought has gone into it you know that would have been a good idea if Suicide Squad had done it right now they've done it right now they've actually put some thought behind it okay Gav I would I would disagree I'd say it was quite jumbled up I sort of agree with what Ozzy was saying um it's very similar to Suicide Squad. They've seen that, you know, like they've borrowed some of the more successful elements from Suicide Squad. I think that they've also borrowed some of the worst elements when Dave was saying about the jukebox element there. Once again, every character has their own little theme song. Every character gets the the flashing name and lights behind them, which, you know, I don't think particularly worked very well in Suicide Squad. So why replicate here again? Ozzy or Joel or somebody said before that the story is quite simple. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's quite a simple story. You don't want to, you know, overcomplicate it. However, setting up the story is quite convoluted, more so than it needs to be. You know, we're introduced to Harley Quinn. You know, she's breaking up from the Joker, which means everybody is after her. But then here's another character who's a disgruntled police officer trying to catch Harley Quinn. And here's a wealthy, angry gangster who wants a diamond. And here's a mysterious assassin who's linked to the diamond in some way. It's very, very packed early on. There's a lot of like moving pieces and that doesn't settle down for a while. I'd say about like 40 minutes into it, you know, you're still getting these scenes where it's like, oh, and here's another character and here's another element that you need to know. And here's another place. Uh, There's there's something that's used a few times as well, which I find quite annoying is when a scene cuts and there's a bit of uh, dialogue over it. And to say, you know, it's one of those things, circa like Ferris Bueller was like, hey, how did I get here? Well, let me tell you about it. You know, that happens, which can be, you know, it's a useful tool um, or a device, but it's utilized like three times in the first 40 minutes. 
which I think is just far too much. And also it comes in the middle of action set pieces as well. So there's this scene where, um, you know, so it's jumbling up the pieces, you know, like there's different in interconnected storylines that are somehow going to meet up eventually. But at the beginning, you don't know how um, how they're working and what time they are. You know, was one like last week, was one now? You don't really know. And then all of a sudden a character is arrested a young girl who's a pickpocket who swallowed said diamond that I mentioned before. She's a really bad pickpocket as well, by the way, which is quite <laughs> frustrating. Yeah. Like, kind of just, like, thrown into the bag right in front of me when yeah. it comes back out. It's like, no fucking way. <laughs> but that's besides the point. So, carry on. Sorry. Yeah, but, so she's been arrested and she's in, in the prison and Harley Quinn pitches up and then she starts taking out the police officers trying to get to the girl and she's shooting them with, um, like, bean bags and glitter gun. guns. Yeah, from the fun gun. And then that is caught halfway through. She's like, hey, but let me tell you about how I got here. So, like, you're up for an action sequence. You're like, oh, wow, this looks right. great. And then it's like, oh, no, pop the brakes, go back, and then let's explain how we got here for the next 10 minutes. Well, to be honest, you know, I feel like we've talked about story a fair bit. I am interested. This does seem primarily an action film. So, Joel, what did you think of the action in um, the film? I would say it's very good. You've got to remember, you know, this is, it's a superhero film, but she's she hasn't got, like, you know, superhuman strength. She hasn't got, you know, it's not, she hasn't got, like, superhuman speed. She's not, you know, especially, I would say, superhuman in really many ways. Um, and she's taken on a lot of big guys, so she's obviously had a lot of kind of fight training. Like Austin said, they used the same stunt choreographer who did uh, the John Wick films. Now, with John Wick, no, you're not going to get that same sort of gritty realism that made those films so appealing, and the action scenes are so memorable. Instead, this is a comic book, and they are done in comic book style, appropriately enough. The action set pieces are really good. The one uh, Gav mentioned before about the fun gun, which is great. She takes out basically an entire station of police officers with beanbags, confetti cannons, smoke grenades, you know, all being launched out of this gun. And it, it's a great scene. It's really well shot. It's really uh, visually striking. It's very well done altogether. And I'd say the fight scenes are all well choreographed, all well done. You've got um, quite a few people here who could become action stars. You know, you've got some good stunt work going on. Of course, it is stunt work. But I think everything really gelled together really well. I mean, it's a film that really flows well through its action sequences. They are the most memorable parts of the film. And they're the parts that people wanted to see. You know, you want to see an action film. That's why you go see these comic book movies. It's original as well? I would say so. I'd say I've never seen anything like that fun gun before. You know, the, uh, the smoke grenades going off, confetti, people being shot in the face with confetti cannons. And another thing that I wasn't expecting from a comic book movie, the, the violence in these. You know, there are limbs being shattered by baseball bats. You know, there are people's limbs being stomped on and broken. You know, it's, it's brutal. It's very violent. This isn't for kids at all. It's a very violent uh, take on the comic book movie. I, I, I would say I agree a little bit with what Dave said, but I would also massively disagree with some aspects of it. When it starts, uh, one of the first things that we're introduced to is Harley Quinn. She's out, she's just split from the Joker and she's out getting bladdered at Roman Sionis's, aka the Black Masks Club. And she's just, you know, doing what she wants to do. She's just drinking heavily. She's dancing on like a, a stage and some um, sleazy prick is like lying on a couch and he's got his legs outstretched on a table and he's like, hey, stop being an obed, stop dancing or whatever. Um, and he says, you know, some misogynistic comment to her and she goes, fuck you. And she jumps and does like a double stomp directly on his knees and you see his legs just bend the other way. Ooh. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. That is the, the Harley Quinn that we know, you know, like gritty, violent and... You know, Sadistic for no reason. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. As the film progresses, though, 
like it's almost like she's tamed or she's being tamed or emancipated or emancipated yeah, and, yeah. And character <laughs> progression <laughs> character progression coming in the, into play here by any chance in the Gav? wrong way in the wrong way um, <laughs> but these fight sequences that Dave mentioned you know the the one in the police station there are some really fantastic shots they are very colourful when people are getting shot with glitter guns in slow motion <laughs> and you can see the stunt work that's gone into it really impressive stuff however the fight sequences are a bit repetitive uh austin mentioned before that they brought the guy in from john wick and the actors probably didn't have enough time to train as as vigorously as keanu reeves did maybe now margot robbie did a lot of her own stunts and you know which is very admirable and you know i really commend their work because you know some of it looks really great but the more you go on in the film the more the fight scenes start looking the same she does the same sort of head scissors takedowns and you know like she does a flip uh where she kicks um you know somebody in the back of the head uh with, you know with their leg that's fallen down so a lot of it looks you know once you've seen other films especially in dc as well when you've got wonder woman or even if you compare it to other female superhero films like captain marvel or the, some of the stuff that black widow was doing it looks a little bit uninspiring or a bit you know unimpressive yeah. and one i've been watching a lot of stunts um youtube videos recently about like stunt choreographers choreographers talking about their work and they're highlighting that you know like it's sometimes in fight sequences you've got the actors are just kind of like waiting for their cue it's like a dance move essentially and they're waiting for their beat to come in and that is very noticeable on this the scenes where it's just harley quinn and she's fighting about six pe people and you can see some of the stunts uh, stunt workers are just sort of like kind of catching their breath and sort of like waiting and the sort of like I should have come in now, should have not come in. And it looks a bit obvious. It, you're kind of taken out of it a little bit, I felt. It, 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 you know, it is like a stage fight. If, okay. I, if I may, just quickly, I didn't notice that in the same way. Yes, I noticed people in the background that weren't necessarily getting in on the brawl at that moment in time. But it stood to reason that a lot of them had already taken a couple of punches. They were getting up off the ground. It made sense that some people were hanging back and just like... Cat recovering a little, catching themselves before they threw themselves back into it. It made sense. It wasn't as noticeable as, uh, as I believe Gav found it. Okay. Joel, what did you think of the action? Um, I liked it. You know, I think Gav has got a point in terms of, you know, there are people who can do better fights than her. But at the same time, you know, just to use the same example, Black Widow, you know, she's like a trained assassin type of thing. And Harley Quinn is just very much just like a psychotic person who walks, walks around with a sledgehammer pretty much. Um, so it's again, you know, it's, it stands to reason that her fighting, she just does the same stuff over and over. If it works, why change it? Um, and with the kind of standing around waiting for the cue thing, I totally did notice that, but I kind of put that down to this film kind of felt to me like maybe like a little bit of a throwback to old action films. It's very much kind of like, uh, if you've ever seen like any of the old Bruce, Me Bruce Lee, uh, films where you know he's kind of surrounded by guys and he he kicks one guy's ass and then the next guy jumps in and he kicks his ass rather than fighting them all kind of at once and not only that but there's other kind of things in this film as well that would kind of lend to that um kind of idea really you know the Ewan McGregor is very very hammy um <laughs> so you're laughing at McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> like Elmer Fudd. <laughs> I put that in for comedic effect. Um, but yeah, um, so just to go back to the original thought, I, I kind of think that that is almost on purpose. Um, you know, like I say, there are kind of several things in this film that, that lend itself to that, that theory. And if it isn't on purpose, then, you know, I agree with Dave. It, it's it. You do notice it, but it's not enough to kind of take you out of the action and take you out of the film because you just kind of 
you know, enjoying the, the ride. I didn't think there was enough action, considering it's an action film. I reckon there was only maybe 10 or 15 minutes worth of, of action overall. And some of the scenes are great. Like, actually, you know, great. Got real good potential. So, like, the I'd say my favourite scene and my least favourite scene is probably that, um, that police station brawl. There's that she comes in, it's really well shot. But then, why is it even happening? She's shooting everyone with, like, beanbags and glitter bombs. And they've got actual guns. Like, and everyone's scared of her. So you've got an actual gun. It just totally... It just takes it out of the whole setup. And, and it's really quite jarring. And that's the case. There's no real... I don't, I don't, you know, don't, don't really understand why people are scared of her when you've got an entire police station filled with people with actual guns. And, and then almost all of the baddies have got actual guns. And she uses these non-lethal methods the entire time and but it's well shot which which is good you know you go into you go into a cinema so you want to see something yeah. beautiful and um and they're well and, directed and the, there are some absolutely great scenes so the end of that where she comes out of this smoke thing and it's it's pretty good it's blue and pink matches her hair perfect shot great you know something to to stick on instagram and sell the film for but <laughs> in actual fact the, the 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 action itself is a bit boring about the rep- repetitive fighting it's not just um <clears throat> margot robbie and holly quinn all of the birds of prey just do the same thing all they can do is kick like they don't seem to do have any other moves it's almost as though that's the first thing that your guy from john wick teaches them is there's how we do a really cool kick just do that throughout the rest of the film please guys <laughs> that was that's pretty much it I, t- I agree like with ozzy what you're saying I- I wasn't that asked about the the police not like firing back, you know, because those shots I felt were done really well. As as he said, visually they're very impressive, and you know some of them are quite beautiful. Uh, however, when like this, it's like a three layered fight essentially. So she breaks into the prison, she shoots all of the police officers with you know beanbags and whatever, and then she frees the child from the prison cell. But um, she has set off the fire alarm and it's just raining down with with water and that affects the mechanism of the the jail cells. So all of the jail cells swing open and all the prisoners... It's a pretty big design flaw. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I think it was more in case of fire. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Open the cells. You know, that's more what it was. And I think that bit's done quite well. Yeah. Because she's just like... It's a small point, yeah. Yeah. So so all the prisoners come out of the cells and they try and uh, start fighting it. And that sequence itself, you know, she's doing a, a lot of, you know, she's taking them down, like single arm takedowns and whatever. And, you know, it looks... Pretty, pretty decent but then the next scene is they go to the evidence lockup and there's mercenaries that have been hired by roman sionis because he doesn't think that margot robbie's going to do the job and get the diamond back so he he gives puts a bounty of like 500 grand on this kid's head so then these other mercenaries come and then there's another fight sequence right after that other one in the evidence lockup where it's essentially she does the exact same moves that she just did in the jail cell again. So it well, feels very repetitive. But she's being shot at this time. Well, this time she's been, that's the only difference she's being shot it's at It's quite this a time. big difference. It's a very different kind of action. <laughs> okay. I, I feel like I've heard a lot about the action. Thank you very much. Um, now I, I want to talk about the performances a bit and like especially the birds of prey bit because no one's really mentioned them at all. And, you know, I've seen the trailer, I've seen the poster. So, you know, Margot Robbie... Pretty big actress, you know, she's been and, in lots of different things, Hugh McGregor. Uh, but like also a little bit about supporting actress and, and actresses, so Dave? Yeah, I'd just like to say about The Birds of Prey, I'd say this film's biggest flaw is its title. 
Mm-hmm. I think calling it Birds of Prey may have been a misstep because the Birds of Prey aren't actually formed until the end of the film mm. when uh, you get Huntress and Renee Montoya and um, Black Canary form the Birds of Prey at that point. Great, but maybe, you know, they should have kept that title in the back pocket and made the next film, focus, which was focused on them, the Birds of Prey film. This one, is, is it's a Harley Quinn spinoff. It's focused on Harley Quinn. So I think in that respect, the title made a misstep. But as far as performances go, I'd say everyone actually does a really good job. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who I've been a big fan of for a while, is... Um, uh, what's her name? Is it Helena? Huntress. Oh, yeah. Huntress, but is it Helena? Helena Bertinelli, is it? Helena Bertinelli. Yeah. Bertinelli. <laughs> <laughs> Helena Bertinelli. <laughs> but she's great. She's got very good, a very good deadpan comedy style. You know, she spent a lot of time. Huntress spent a lot of time training in a monastery. Um, it was it was a monastery. It was in Italy, wasn't it? It was yeah, like it's a, Sicily, essentially you know, much yeah. like a monastery. That sort of like, setup. She um, worked for assassins. Yeah, so. yeah, assassins. So she's got very. Monsters. She's not really uh, socially capable. So. Uh, uh, what humour she has is very deadpan and kind of awkward but I think that makes her a very interesting character um, Renee Montoya played by Rosie Perez I thought I'd, I've never really seen Rosie I know the name Rosie Perez I've not really seen her in much before or at least I've not really clocked her this was a good performance from her she's very good as the kind of like the uh, the police officer that has been stepped over her entire career despite the fact she's excellent at her job someone else has already t- taken credit for it I thought it was a very good performance in that regard Did you not think she was a bit superfluous to the story? No because R- Renee Montoya I think we as someone who's familiar with Batman Saga, I know who Renee Montoya is, and what a big deal she is. Stepped over in the Batman story, she's actually a big deal. Yeah, in the she Batman is a big story. deal in the Batman. I think she's a big deal in this. You know, she's one of the main characters. But she's, she's like, you still get a lot of the uh, the subplot following her. Yeah, I, I just I just mean in terms of the actual character. You know, she's really hard done by in this, whereas in Batman you know the the batman story she's she actually was, on the same level as like commissioner gordon you yeah know, her character's not really given the same sort of time really yeah. the same sort of comic book time she's just kind of there detective yeah. renee montoya in this one we've actually given a bit more character development and kind of got an idea of what it's like being a female police officer just being stepped over by your male colleagues not being taken seriously being picked on by your male colleagues and i thought you know it was a really good performance and you know she was the best police officer in that precinct by a country mile and it's just, but she was pretty useless at solving any of the mysteries. I reckon the rest. <laughs> she was the getting cast, there. She the was getting the there. Cast could have done. She had to rely on informants, but she yeah, was yeah, getting yeah. there. <laughs> and I thought uh, Black Canary, who was played by uh, Journey Smollett Bell, I thought she was excellent. I thought she did a really good job. I thought she was one of the best ones there, aside from Margot Robbie herself. Yeah. So I thought that generally the performance was pretty good. Uh, the young girl who plays Cassandra Kane as well. I forget the actress's name. She's the pickpocket. Cassandra Kane, well known. LFJ Basket. That's the one. Well known fans. Cassandra Kane. The name is known to anyone who's followed. Batman, she will become Batgirl at some point in the future. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. So you see, this is plenty, plenty of little Easter eggs, plenty of scenes being set for future films. Should Stealthier. should the extended universe continue? Should, should DC ever? Yeah, should they stuff? decide to? <laughs> right. Should they decide to go into that one? Aussie. So I actually thought um, that Cassandra Kane is that in the cast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Cassandra Kane. Yeah. I actually thought. I mean, it's really. I feel really bad because she's a kid, obviously, but. I thought she was pretty shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel bad. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I, she, she needs to again, She didn't need to be in the whole... She just didn't need to be in the story either. I felt that her and Montoya just didn't get enough time and didn't... Well, actually, Cassie Kane got too much time and didn't need it because it meant that um, Harley Quinn started becoming almost like a mother figure instead of, like, the, yeah. the, 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 the troublesome Isn't that character that she is. Something. I think about it being. I, I, I have tried to forget everything that happened. <laughs> I think that is a really but, annoying part of it. Yeah. But it's, it's it's just a bit frustrating because like so I'm not a huge huge comic book fan. But what my knowledge of her is that she is you know, like rule breaker. She's haphazard. She's like 
she's you know shooting forward constantly her head's all over the place and that's what makes her so good that she is the troublemaker and then she gets reined in by like poison ivy poison ivy's the mother figure who comes and cleans all the shit up after her that's that's my knowledge of the whole thing so to have her be like a mentor and try and guide someone along just felt a little bit bit off um so that's a character thing acting wise though margot robbie definitely like huntress for me was the best of the of the the birds of prey the others i wasn't that fussed in terms of character as well that bloody canary why is she an actual <laughs> superhero like that's a no superhero one, name that never no caught one, on that bloody canary <laughs> <laughs> no, no one has any superpowers until you get her and, and if you remember my argument in um in the avengers where um uh you've just got like what's the face comes in people uh, who aren't superhero oh captain, captain marvel. marvel captain marvel comes in who's just stronger than oh, just everyone sort, she just can just fucking wipe everything out yeah yeah that's exactly what canary yeah. was her superpower yeah, she can sonic sc- scream scream really loud so it is kind of hinted at there's that scene where she's singing yeah. and she yeah. hits a high note killer voice and the glasses break like it's just stupid to have someone with a superpower in a film where no one else has got superpowers. I don't I think so. Remember, this follows it. on from Suicide Squad. We had Enchantress and Suicide Squad. In as far yeah. as this universe goes, this isn't too far fetched. This works. Yeah, okay. It just felt. If, well, I've not seen Suicide Squad, so it didn't. Uh, that's why it didn't work for me. But maybe if you've seen both films, then then it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't <laughs> there, you There's as no much. point now. Yeah. <laughs> I I would like to mention about Harley Quinn, the character itself. I think is just criminally. I, 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 I honestly like. I think that Harley Quinn's character in Suicide Squad was the only redeeming factor. Margot Robbie did a fantastic performance. The character itself was a pretty faithful adaptation of the character itself. Here, what they try and do is like have their cake and eat it as well. So what they want to do is kind of uh, uh, like Harley Quinn is a is a bad guy, right? So she is, you know. Uh, it, she, 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 she's a baddie she's done some pretty heinous stuff in the comics and in the games and and you know in uh, animated films and whatnot here what they want to do is they want to try and make her like a hero but they can't make her a hero because she's still a bad guy so it's like trying to make her anti-hero. an anti-hero uh, but have some good qualities. So they bring in, as Ozzy said, this subplot where she has sort of like uh, feelings um, towards this little girl where she's sort of, you know, using her motherly knowledge. You know, there's a bit where she's talking about not wanting to be a mother and then she forms a bond with this girl and it's almost like, you know, a motherly bond. Um, I think that a lot of the character is kind of, it feels like a, a bit like a wet sponge, you know, like you want that sort of, as I mentioned before, that very, one of the first scenes where she jumps on that guy's legs and breaks them, you know, that is like tenacious, you know, vicious Harley Quinn that we know. And then later on, she just feels a little bit PG in comparison, you know, when she's even beating up some of the bad guys, you know, you're waiting for something really vicious and nasty to happen, but it just doesn't. And I just feel like she, the character itself was just a little bit neutered. It was almost like they were like, oh, we want to kind of just sit on the fence with this because we don't know how the DC extended universe is going to go, whether or not she's going to be included in any films as a villain going forward or whether we're going to have more films as her being like a hero. So we're just going to keep her as a sort of like anti-hero. You don't know whether she's good or bad. She doesn't do anything like really horrible, but she doesn't do anything really nice. You know, she just feels lame. Hedging the bets a bit. Exactly. And one character that we haven't really spoken about, you know, I could talk more about all the other side characters and, you know, how underutilized and, you know, whatever. But the other character that we need to discuss about is um, Ewan McGregor's Roman Sionis, which I think just did not get a faithful adaptation at all. You know, the Black Mask is like a really um, feared 
a crime boss in in the in the comics you know like he's done some proper nasty shit and he is a character that like a lot of people fear and respect here he's played a bit like a playboy you know he's just like a bit of a brat he wants he wants you know everything he wants you know everybody to be having a great time in his club he wants the finest champagne he wants the finest clothes he's got all these statues and masks in his house and he wants this diamond because within the diamond are uh, codes to an offshore bank account that he wants all the money from uh, and he as joel said before quite rightly it may as well have just been a giant fucking ham sandwich in that film because Hugh McGregor hams it up, which at first I was like, oh, you know, he's enjoying himself. He's having the time of his life. But as the film went on, it's like... Too much ham. No, it's just like he's, he's gone into this like full gear and it is it is too much ham. It's like a big gammon joint and all you want is just like mu- a slice. Not enough mustard. Not enough mustard at all. No <laughs> condiments, full ham. And one of the things about uh, Roman Sirenus is that... That could be like, you know, like almost the tagline if you were to bring out your own line of hams. <laughs> no condiments or ham. Um, but his his story is that, you know, like he... Uh, it, there's an accident where the mask that he wears to invoke fear in people, this black skeleton mask, is moulded to his skin. And then, you know, like he kind of is this feared crime lord then. And that just doesn't happen. He just is this playboy throughout the film. Okay, Joel. Um, yeah, so I can see where Gav is coming from on quite a few of those points, but you know, just to start off with Harley Quinn, I would say she's definitely not portrayed as an anti-hero. They are, I would say, quite conscious of trying too hard not to get behind, you know, a serial killer. You know, one of the big criticisms about Joker, um, you know, whatever way you want to look at it, was that a lot of people thought they were trying to make you sympathize with a psychotic killer. And that was probably the main criticism, I think, for that film. So I think here they did go maybe a little bit safer and they do make you, uh, sorry, they don't make you, but she definitely isn't as crazy as, you know, I've heard she can be. Um, I think Dave is is maybe in a better place to talk about her as a character than I am, but she's definitely not portrayed as an anti-hero. Everything she does in this film, she does for, I would say, the betterment of herself. You know, she's trying to find the diamond essentially so that uh, Roman Sionis doesn't kill her. That's literally the only reason she's trying to, you know, get the diamond out the girl. And then it does kind of come to it that she maybe takes like a bit of a shine to her. Um, but yeah, I just think that was maybe playing it a little bit safer. And then Ewan McGregor, I would say he is uh, scary, but in a different way. You know, when I was watching it, I was thinking, you know, constantly he's that type of person where whoever whenever he gets any bad news you know it just takes one little tiny thing and he goes from being like this jokey hammy guy to just being this absolutely you know psychotic serial killer type of thing really like there's this scene where uh, he gets some bad news and then he's sat in his club and he hears and he hears like a woman laughing just from like you know sat at a different table and straight away he's like you know what the fuck is she laughing at, you know? And oh, shit, yeah, I forgot about that thing. He, he, he kind of, like, makes a rip off her dress, which is a little bit weird. But at the same time, it is very much kind of like, um, you know, almost like a visual representation of how he can go from, you know, being laughy and jokey to just being this, like, psychotic break guy. And again, you know, I, I don't know much about the character, so I was going into this completely blind. So this is the first time I've actually e- even heard his name. Um, and the black mass bit, I would say, is probably even pointless being in there because it, it's it's not really utilised much at all. But as a character, I definitely thought he was, um, you know, 
not so much scary, but I definitely think he is a very kind of psychotic villain. Um, he's just completely not true to what the character should be. It's just, it's really, fr- it's it's sort of frustrating. I, I sort of spent the afternoon chatting to uh, oh, that's a, a, cat, a cat getting a smack around the chops with a bottle. <laughs> Gav's, Gav's doing his best bas- black mask in villainous <laughs> 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 as possible. He loves these cats normally, but they cross him. That's what it is. You, you <laughs> wait until I start peeling faces off. <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, it's <laughs> apparently very easy. <laughs> okay. So I uh, like spent the afternoon chatting to people who are massive, massive uh, fans of, of it, and, and they were very upset with how he's betrayed. And in particular, with the death. This guy is possibly the biggest villain to happen to the Batman. You know, aside from the Joker, this guy is a long-running villain. Um, he, he's a huge mobster, and um, and at the end of it, he just he just gets blown up like foolishly. You know, like in a joke, essentially. It's you know, it's almost like Man on Fire with a with with a grenade <laughs> up your bum. It's that sort of silliness. You know, whereas he, he's a real villain. You know, he should be. Uh, he, he, he could have been kept alive, you know. Yeah. But the, and again, the mask—he's he's hardly ever wearing a mask. He's, why, could have why, been anyone. Yeah, it, you, it could have just been a bad bot, mobster, and you could have saved the black mask for somebody truly terrible. Okay. Yeah. Dave. Um, yeah, just to add to the Sionist bit, I think they have had to make the character a bit more um, exuberant, a bit more bombastic, just because Black Mask from the comics, he's quite down to earth, he's quite quietly spoken, you know, he's intimidating gangster behind the mask, but he's um, he's an industrialist, I think, is it Sionist Steel that he's behind? You know, he's, he's got steel, steel works, he's an industrialist, you know, he's in that kind of economy, they've made him a club owner in this one. To, to more be keeping in keeping more with the themes that Suicide Squad started out, it is more of a, a party sort of Harley Quinn that we're seeing. It was more it, it's anarchic, it's maniacal, and I think that sort of character was more welcome here, and it fit more within the themes that the film, the way it was shot, and the style of the film. I think changing the character in that respect, I think, was a good move. And it may not be the the traditional Black Mask that we're used to seeing from the comics, who was humorless, to be honest with you, very dark and humorous, but they kept enough of him that I think it's still very recognisable as Black Mask. And not just in the mask itself, but his obsession with masks and statues, um, the face-peeling scene, like Gav said, you know, this guy is feared. This guy is one of the most terrifying mobsters in Gotham. Oh, I think that was captured. I just think it's a waste of a great character to have done that. He could have been any bad guy, another horrific bad guy but they just wasted a, a really good character and i think that's a real shame for the film and, and, and the I, franchise going forward i loved his death scene <laughs> did yeah you? i really what? did <laughs> I, I will say like there is a scene as me and dave alluded to before where he peels off somebody's face and if the film is to believed it's probably as easy as it is taking a swimming cap off you know it's <laughs> sort of like you just that's not easy up. <laughs> it was pretty easy in face off yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna say that the guy who does the actual slice in Victor Zaz who again is another well known Batman villain he's uh, yeah completely criminally underutilised once again I would say utilised just the right amount you know Zaz is a bit <laughs> <laughs> but of course I would this guy's I, like a psychotic killer that is feared in the comics and yeah. in this he's like a side character you know a bit of a, a a bit of a joke. Which is kind of the way that Zaz has um, kind of evolved over the years. You know, he's in Gotham, the TV series, for example. Zaz is an enforcer for other mobsters. You know, he uses that kind of fear that he's got and he still scores tally marks into himself, you know, for every kill that he commits. But it's like, he's a dab hand with a knife. You know, if anyone's going to be feeling, peeling faces off, it should be him. Okay. I feel like I've got a lot of information now. Any final points? I one thing I didn't like about it is that like we're used to seeing Gotham as this dark, murky, grim, atmospheric place, and here it was completely devoid of any atmosphere. It was just like very any other city. It was very bright. 
very nondescript and with the exception of like Acme Plant and the abandoned amusement park at the end, it was just very generic. It could have been anywhere. Okay. Anyone else? No? All right. Well, thank you very much. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you guys then, yeah. Uh, I think I'd, I'd ask if anyone's got a quiz, but I'm going to distract myself from thinking about the, uh, about the film by reading out a quiz myself. <laughs> All right. Um, this is quite an easy one. It's just called A Quiz on Birds. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't think of a fancy name for it. So uh, if you're ready. Yeah. Uh, first question. Which is paradise. Uh, when was Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds... Made to the nearest 1966? 1967. 63. 1969. No, no, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Dave has it on the nose. 63. Well done, Dave. Very good. Okay, uh, some of these questions are rock solid, by the way. Uh, so, sorry. In Shawshank Redemption, what is Brooks, the old library assistant's bird called? Jesus Christ. Screw you, dogs. Is it something, it's, is it something have a clue? normal, like a name? Like it's a John? normal name. Is it a name? It is a name. Is rather it, than like it's growing. a name of the bird. <laughs> is there like a, a literary reference to it? Because he works no. in the library, doesn't he? Oh. No. Oh. Edgar. You just have a know it, you don't, I'm afraid. None of you do. Uh, it was Jake. Uh, oh, I'll give a I bonus. I'll give a John. bonus. <laughs> Did you? I'll give a bonus point if you remember what type of bird it was. Crow. Crow. Well done, Ozzy gets it. I, I, I know you did say Crowey. Crow you were joking. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and I also didn't feel like you were taking my quiz seriously, so <laughs> you, you've been Dr. Point. Uh, question three. Um, this is just a shit question, if I'm honest. Uh, 2010 fantasy film Legends uh, of the Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of... Where are they from? The Owls of... Arimathea? No. Is it a real place? Is it a real place? it's definitely not a real place. Oh. Asgard. Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of... Asgard. No, no. Gahul. Gahul was the right answer. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know. Are we okay. going to get any right in this Christmas? Oh, Christ, I hope so. Dave's got two. Uh, no. No, one. One, one. sorry. <laughs> right, uh, who did Gregory pa- Peck play in the 1962 film To Kill a yeah, Atticus a, Finch. He had a great name for it. <laughs> <laughs> Atticus Finch, very well done, Dave. You, this, what, what was the connection there? Finch and... To Kill a Mockingbird. Peck and Mockingbird. <laughs> <laughs> Peck, yeah. Right, uh, question five. What was significant about the introduction of the Falcon in the Marvel Universe in 1969? What was significant? Was, was he, he the, the first, first black bird? superhero? He was the first point? African-American superhero in the mainstream comics. Wow. Uh, a bonus, well done, Gav. Bonus point if you can tell me his full name. Sam Wilson. Full name. Samuel Wilson. No, Samuel Thomas Wilson. I'm not oh. giving it to anyone, sorry. I mean, like, <laughs> like answers on a postcard. If anybody knew that Sam Wilson's middle name was Thomas. <laughs> you get a Freddo. I said you're a Freddo. Right. Uh, in Kez, the film about a bird, what was the controversial method acting that was used in the film in the school scenes? Did they actually... Oh, it was they were uh, urinating? Caned? Yep, they were actually caned oh. on the hand by the school Something teacher. Something about urinating? <laughs> <laughs> we're getting, no, 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 we're skipping right past that. I'm, I am thinking of that episode of Round the Twist instead. So <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, they, they were caned on the hand. I don't think, uh, from what I remember, they weren't even told that it was going to happen to get the proper looks of shock on their faces. 
and they were giving an extra 50p for it from Ken Loach. So thanks, I'm Ken. <laughs> thanks, Ken. Um, two pretty hard the questions the now. Uh, <laughs> the name uh, of the Treasure Islands, Long John Silver from Treasure Island or Planet, depending on which film's your favourite. What's the name of his parrot? Captain oh. Flint. Well done, Dave. Oh, Jesus, wow. Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just a quick, quick check of a database for Dave there. <laughs> Up it did, came. Did you see my eyes flicking uh, yeah, yeah. in different directions? Result, <laughs> result one of four billion. <laughs> no, one, 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 one. I mean, uh, a couple of Okay, and here's a question that you probably don't want to get the answer right to here. What is the elvish name of the eagles in Lord of the Rings? Jesus. Uh, eagles. Yeah, fuck off, you all know it. You um, just pretend. I, don't know. I think I do. It's... It's like, gone. It's not Guajir or something. Oh my like that. god. Is it? It is Guajir. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I love the way Dave. you pretended not to know, Dave. You It was in there somewhere. It was in the, the third database. Pa- third page <laughs> of a search. <laughs> well done, Dave. I think you smashed that into bits. Uh, so well done. Uh, right. I think after distracting myself with a quiz, I'm now ready, <laughs> now ready to deliver judgment. Um, Lots of interesting arguments. Um, I kind of a little bit want to see this film, but I think I'd be happy to wait for it to come out on Netflix, to be honest. Um, I, I definitely think that this film's okay in many different bits, but I'm just not convinced that it's exceptional in any bits, to be honest. It sounded like there were a few good action set pieces, but it just didn't feel like there was anything to really set this film aside from... A lot of different ones. So it sounds like better for the DC and Death and Suicide Squad, but I'm afraid I'm still going to put it on the shit list. Uh, okay, uh, honest opinions, uh, everyone. Uh, Austin? Um, so I saw the trailer first and thought I was absolutely going to hate it. And I think it was quite a good film if you if you can get on board with... I think if, if I believe that everything that went in it was deliberate then i think that the really weird mismatch because it's quite jarring like it's a bit frustrating how jumpy it is but i kind of think it's made like that because that's what she's meant to be like so i think the whole going forwards and then shooting back in time and then her talking over the action scenes i think that's meant to be a like a character flaw rather than a, a really shit director choice so i think i'm giving it the benefit of the doubt and for me i would have put it on a hit list Oof. Ow. Ooh. You lied to me. Gav. I thought it was all right. I didn't think it was anything better than that, though. I thought it was better than Suicide Squads. But that's like saying, if you've got diarrhea, it's better making it to the toilet than not, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you're still having diarrhea. Still diarrhea. <laughs> uh, no, no it's, a, it's a bit better than that, to be honest. What, would, was, you, would you put it on the hit list? I, I, maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Just about... Mm. I, I, I mean, when you consider that Suicide Squad's on the shit list, I don't think it deserves to be in the same category as that. I do think it's that... It's Gattaca. <laughs> <laughs> the, the I don't of, think it's yeah. going to be as good as Gattaca. The Wolf of Wall Street. Good points, good points. Yeah, yeah, yeah actually, yeah, with, with, with that in mind, yeah, it, it, was, it was all right. I think it could have been a lot better, though, but it, it also could have been a lot worse. I think if Margot Robbie wouldn't have been in it. I think. So an ish one. Yeah, ish. It might, yeah. might be on either, but ish. Yeah. 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 It's, but, but the thing is, is it's no discredit to any of the people involved in it. 
I think it's just a case Surely of... Surely some of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> got to be responsible Someone's for it. <laughs> no, I, meant, I, meant the, I meant the performers, sorry. Because oh, I, I think that it's just hard because you've got the Marvel films which are doing so well. And when they do something like, you know, Captain Marvel mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, like I, I haven't seen it yet, but Black Widow looks really good. And then you compare it to, you're always oh, yeah. going to compare it, aren't you? And the thing is with this film is not only is it being compared to Marvel, it's also going to get compared to Suicide, Suicide Squad as well. Squad, so yeah. it's, you know, it's having a tough time. Yeah, it's not an easy one. Dave? Um, I pretty much agree with everything that everyone's just said. Um, I think your summation of it was spot on, to be honest with you, Alex. It's, it, like Gav said, it's all right. It, this is a massive step in the right direction for DC, but they're still not there yet. They're still running the catch up to Marvel. Uh, I said to Gav weeks ago before we uh, did Birds of Prey, I said Ewan McGregor has been miscast as Sionis, and I absolutely stand back. Uh, I stand by that. I was lying a bit. Ozzy's absolutely right. This isn't the Black Mask. This is a waste of one of Batman's best villains, to be honest with you. But all in all, I'd say performances are solid. It's a shame they didn't have a better script to work with, but it's still ten times better than Suicide Squad. It's a step in the right direction. And of all the people attached to Suicide Squad that deserve the chance, Margot Robbie should have been given her own vehicle. So I think that it's a definitely a step in the right direction. I think Kathy Yan, as well, who's the director of this, I think she's done a, a really good job. This is only her second feature film. Yeah. And I think the style, the directorial style she's already showing, I think she's one to keep an eye on for the future. Um, I didn't like it, like, at all. I think I came <laughs> out the cinema and the more I thought about it, as seems to happen quite a lot these days, the more I didn't like it. I just think as a film, it didn't work. You know, it's a superhero film, essentially, but there's never, you know, you take a look at Marvel, for example, and there's always some type of threat, at least. Even even if they're the superheroes, there's always some type of threat. You know, look at Endgame, whatever, you know, a few of them die. Even in a kind of standalone film, you know, there's always some type of danger that the hero's in and they have to overcome. In this film, there's nothing. There's never any danger that you know harley quinn or the birds of prayer in every single challenge they just dispatch it like completely like i, I thought maybe gavin ozzy would mention you know one of the scenes at the end is essentially like i don't know like 50 trained killers and they all come after the birds of prey and you're thinking you know what shit's gonna go down here and it's literally they just stand in a line and just get their asses kicked one after another <laughs> and it's probably one of the worst like ending action sequences that i've seen in a while i just thought you know, it is better than Suicide Squad, but I would say, like, <laughs> barely. And okay. I wow. think they just need to scrap the whole DC universe. I think it's terrible. Wow. Strong, strong words. Right. Okay. So, higher or lower than our previous film on trial? Alex, actually, what do you think Reanimator scored? Um, oh, um, well, it's culty, isn't it? So, I'm going to guess higher than you think. Higher or lower than 1917? Uh, higher or lower than 1917, which lower. scored 89% on Monty Uh no, 93. <laughs> <laughs> how many times and how many different emails have you had to do? Thousands of different accounts. So do you the rest of them are Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> do you think it's higher or lower than Reanimator at 93%? I don't think it's higher than that, no. No? Anybody? I think it's had a lukewarm reception. I think it's still going to be lower. I'm going to go for 71%. I'm going to say 70%. Yeah, yeah I'm going 73%. Uh, well, 79. So it's, it's, it has oh, well been, done, Aussie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has been well received. 
Um, and, you know, it does have some really great bits in it, as Dave said about, you know, the direction I think is superb. Those fight sequences as well, especially, you know, the ones in the police station mm-hmm. with all the glitter gun and everything. They're really well done, but as Joel said, there's just something I just missing. Didn't, I didn't get the sense that anyone was really, really, like, fired up about it, to be honest. Almost either way, you know. Like, yeah. It's all right. That really, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's exactly that. It's, it's pretty right. good, but it's nothing yeah. more exciting. I think it would have been better, you know, if they just said... Let's just scratch Suicide Squad off the list and yes. let's just make like a Harley Quinn film. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I think that would have worked so much better. Because the thing is, is that, as I said, there's that specter of Joker and Suicide Squad hanging over this film. And it's almost like this this film is not a standalone film. It's a film to set up the Birds of Prey. It just would have been better if it just would have been, fuck everything off. Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn, let's have a, a story yeah. about you. Because uh, we, we, we haven't even had her um you know origin story which i think but i think is a really good origin you know the fact like one of the things that they mentioned in this is that yeah she was um you know a a, 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 a criminal psychologist psychologist. she has a phd you know which isn't mentioned in any of the you know in suicide squads and they they make something out of it in this film but just expand on it a bit more. but then even in the comics and the animated series she is a sidekick so they've really had to break away from from that they go hand in hand Harley Quinn and Joker. Okay, right. Well, before we call it a day, I think it's time for a bit of a caption contest. So what we do here is we take a screenshot of the film, put it on Twitter, ask our friends and followers to provide a funny caption with the best one winning, a chocolatey frog-shaped treat. All right, so this picture is Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn eating the same strawberry lace as her pet hyena, Bruce. And you guys have just got to pick the best one. Bruce. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called yep. Bruce. I, I was trying to think of a caption for this and I couldn't think of any that were PG. But while I was looking at it, have you seen how sad the fucking hyena looks? Like hyenas <laughs> always look happy. You never see a sad hyena. And that hyena looks fucking depressed. It, it, it is CGI'd as well, so they've purposely made him look depressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it, yeah it's, it's cool. Maybe because he's kept in a bath as well. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have just got to pick the best one, starting with number one, Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. <laughs> number two, after dating Jared Leto's Joker, anything is an upgrade. <laughs> Uh, Dave, uh, this might be a song from Lady and the Tramp, so help me out on this one. Oh, this is the night. It's a beautiful night. night. And they call it Bella, not they? Yeah, yeah that's Lady and the Tramp. Okay. Uh, I, love, f- I love you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one is um, Harley. Uh, one of the reasons why I adore you, Bruce, is because you always laugh at my jokes. <laughs> uh, the more boys I meet, the more I love my dog. <laughs> and I like big mutts and I cannot lie. <laughs> so what, guy, what do you reckon? Um, I'm either the more I love my dog or... Yeah. I like the more I love mutts. my dog, I'd say, yeah. It's either it's big mutts or love my dog. I don't know. Joel? Uh, okay, Joel, decide and vote. <sighs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to sound that enthusiastic, mate. Um, which one, I, which I, one, Joel? I just don't think Joel was listening and he's trying to think. Jess <laughs> <laughs> trying to think, was there any words that came it, it, Gav's hit the nail on the head. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's screw it. Okay, uh, I, I, I'm going to say they both win. Um, so congratulations to Aline Silvermist. You've just won yourself a Flippity Freddo. And also congratulations to uh, Dave's girlfriend, Kat, who's just won a Freddo as well. Easy enough. You really? can take it home. We don't pay postage. It's great. So congratulations, guys. <laughs> you've just won yourself 
pay the postage. Yeah, admin can pay the postage. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I, 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 I paid for the Freddos. You. I paid for those Freddos. Get a Freddo. I'm Anna's, taking one home. And a second class stamp from him. <laughs> technically, technically, Dave has paid like £10 for one Freddo. But <laughs> in bulk, and he's only getting one change. Uh, also, before you go, you can actually post some Freddos for me. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the next film has been picked out of the hat at random, at it, and it is the 2004 sci-fi romance Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. A film about undergoing a medical procedure to have people or events erased from your memory, which is coincidentally what Birds of Prey did to Suicide Squad. <laughs> uh, anyway, the roles have been picked out of the hat at random, so in the role of defence is going to be Alex and Ozzy. Uh, I mean, that literally sounds like a wet dream combination when it comes to a pretentious film like that. <laughs> I, I like the way your mind went there. That's a good point. <laughs> Whenever you and, think uh, about me and Ozzy, wet dreams come into mind. <laughs> Here's another one. Prosecution is, is me and Joel. So oh. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> These roles are meant to be. I'm just going to get personal, it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's uh, going to get real. Judging it is uh, Dave, obviously. So, this, is, this is meant to be. I've never seen it. Oh, there we go. This will be good. Oh, I want to hear about those credits, Ozzy. <laughs> Tell me about the fonts yes. on those credits. <laughs> this That's all I've been paying attention to. <laughs> <laughs> this film may or may not have got Ozzy into photography. We'll, <laughs> we'll find out. Not even Ozzy knows anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to everyone who has listened to this episode. If you liked the episode, please remember to like, share, subscribe, and watch why not leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? Just spread the warm love that is films on trial in as many years as possible. Check us out on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. And that's it. We uh, have done it. Birds of Prey is a shit. And we'll be in your ears next week with Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>